Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Vi kör ett nytt avsnitt av Champagnepodden. Idag så har jag faktiskt fått äran att bjuda hem Antoine från Pertoa Lebrun. Det är första intervjun som jag gör med en familjemedlem från ett, från ett hus hemma hos mig. Så att det, känns, det känns roligt att få bjuda hem honom. Jag har träffat honom tidigare nere i, i Champagne och jag träffade honom även... Dagen innan när vi hade en liten sortimentsprovning på Lovin-magasinet. Jag ska säga att den här veckan kör vi också osponsrat. Är det så att det är någon som vill sponsra podden så går det jättebra att höra av sig till Martin martin.champansweden.se Men vi gör så att vi bjuder in Antoine. Antoine, you are invited to the most drinkable address in Södermalm, okay, I would say. Thank you. <laughs> We're welcome. Thank you very much. How Thank are you? you for welcoming me. I'm very good. Thank you. I'm really enjoying my time here in Sweden and uh, I'm happy to meet you here today to, to speak about Pertolobin. So, yes, I'm fine. The Swedish weather have, haven't uh, treated you so well yet. Not so well. Yeah, I was a bit I was a bit ill when I was back in France and was, I was getting better, but now since I arrived snow in the early May, so it was quite weird and uh, yeah, a bit cold, but uh, I'm okay anyway and I'm enjoying my time here. So, uh, can complain. And uh, you're of course here because you're uh, uh, part of the family working with uh, Perto Alebrun. Yes, exactly. Um, actually, uh, my brother and I, my brother whose name is Clément, and I, Antoine, we are the fifth generation of growers in our family. Even if the history of uh, Perto Alebrun is more recent because it started in 1955 with my grandparents when they created their own champagne brand, Perto Alebrun, because my, fa- my grandfather was Paul Pertois, and my grandmother was Françoise Lebrun. So um, basically, my grandfather was a grower in Cramont, in the Côte des Blancs, and my grandmother, Françoise, was a grower in Le Ménil, so not so far away, but, um, and both of them had their own champagne before. And when they got married, they started their own, their, their own business. Yes. So it was 1955, and um, now we... Keeping well, we're still working on expanding the, the business with my brother, and um, we actually we are building a new thing because um, well, it slowed down a little bit when uh, after my grandparents, our aunt took the business over after them, and um, we because there was nobody to take it over after her, so it was, it was just my brother and I who were the, the next ones. Yes. But we were born and raised in the south of France, so not not very like in the heart of the champagne business. Mm. So uh, after her, as there was nobody, she decided to take it easy and she slowed it down. So she decreased the production, basically, because my grandparents uh, used to produce about 70,000 bottles. 70,000? 70,000, okay. yeah. A year, because they, have, they had almost 10 hectares of vines. So okay. we were still selling some grapes. 
by the kilo to a big champagne house. Yes. But they were making 70,000 bottles a year. Mm-hmm. And my aunt took the business after her and she maintained the business at this level for some years. But as there was nobody then, uh, she said, take it easy. And she decreased the production to 15,000 bottles a year. 15? 15, yeah. Okay, so, so selling was, most of the parts to other Yeah, she houses. sold uh, most of the stock and uh, she decided to sell most of the grapes at the harvest to a big champagne house. And just to keep on working with a... I would say a loyal, a loyal customer base yes. in France, private customers, and so on. So uh, now, uh, my brother Clément came back to the business about 12 years ago. And how old are you? I'm 33. 33, yeah. same as me. Okay, yeah, it's a good age. <laughs> yeah, it's a good age. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and my brother is my elder brother, so he's 37. So he joined the business uh, 12 years ago, and he's in charge of the the vineyard and of the winery. I came back to Champagne uh, four years ago, approximately. So now uh, we're working on developing our Champagne house again. And what's product. the production uh, now? Regarding the sales first, we are dealing with about 15, 18,000 bottles a year. Okay. Because this is our stock, it's our former stock. Yes. We started to increase the production in 2012. Yes. Uh, from about 15, 16,000 bottles a year to uh, 25,000 okay. bottles a year, in average. And how, how much of the grapes are you selling to other houses? 75% of the grapes. 75%? Yeah, because we could have a production of about 100,000 bottles a year Okay. in total. Uh, and are you allowed to tell which uh, houses you're selling to? Uh, yes, I think I have nothing to hide about it. I say We sell to uh, Duval Leroy yeah, okay. because it's a long, long-term contract. Well, it's a long-time contract. We've been working with them for, I would have said, for ages. My grandparents used to sell grapes yes. to them, and we are still working, so we have a good relationship with them. Hmm. Uh, but could you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you get started in the, in the industry and what you did before? Um, yeah, well, it's not... Uh, well, as I said, because first we were born, I was born and raised in the south of France, it was not that, that obvious to, to come back to Champagne. And I, I had business studies in south of France, Yes. In a business school. Uh, and when uh, I got my diploma, I went to Paris to work in a consulting, consulting agency as a consultant in CRM, in customer relationship management. Mm-hmm. So for big groups, uh, in telecommunications, in energy, in uh, many different kind of activities. So definitely nothing related to champagne, as you can see. Um, but um, You remember when you tasted champagne the first time? Well, I was pretty young. <laughs> I wasn't a kid, but uh, it was always, for me, uh, drinking champagne. We were not drinking champagne all the time because we were not in champagne. But um, it was really the, the drink that we had for Christmas because every time we, we were going up to champagne to, at my grandparents' place yes. uh, for Christmas. And that was the time when we were drinking champagne. So it was... More or less what the French people or people in general do, just drinking champagne for very special occasions. That's um, what we do in Sweden as well. Yeah, that's what, yeah, I guess yeah. it's what most people do. In actually. Sweden, it's, uh, they drink uh, most of the time for New Year's Eve. Yeah. And you're so drunk already, and then you pop a bottle uh, at 12, and then that's yeah. it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what, how it works in France. I think we can, we can have some more occasions to pop a bottle of champagne. Um, but yeah, I started, I would say slowly, uh, just at Christmas times with my family. Yeah. And how, how old were you when you started working at uh, Perto Alebrun? Uh, so, uh, it was four years ago. So it, I was 29. Yes. Yeah. I definitely, the reason why I came back to the business is that I was, uh, not very satisfied with my job in Paris, uh, working as a, as a consultant. I don't know. It was not for me, I think. And, um, just just for the um, for your information, for example, in four years I worked in three different companies, so I okay. was trying new yeah. things, but I definitely didn't find well. I had the opportunity uh, to come back to Champagne. Uh, that was the right. It was the right time. I was always I had always been thinking about going back to Champagne, mm-hmm. and uh, I know I knew that my brother was there and he had uh, plenty of projects, but he was not really comfortable with the sales, with marketing, with how to distribute his Champagne. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he wanted to do things, but he didn't really know how. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought that we had a huge potential because I said we could have increased much more the production. Yes. 
And uh, that's how I came back to Champagne, decided, deciding to work along with my brother and with my aunt, who's still with us. And uh, now do you live in the Champagne uh, region? Yes, yes. Uh, where? I live in Reims. In Reims? I, I'm still, I still kept this kind of uh, urban feeling, so yes. that's why I didn't decide to, uh, to live in, uh, in Cramont, no. where our uh, estate is. Yes. And Can you uh, tell us a little bit out, uh, about uh, Cramont? Yeah, and um, where it is, and what's uh, typical for uh, Cramont? So Cramont, uh, first of all, I would uh, explain the origin of the of the name of this village. Cramont, it comes from Mont de Cré in French, which is which means like chalky mount. Yes. So it's because uh, we are located in the Côte des Blancs in this area, which is uh, at the south of Epernay. Cramont is very close to Epernay; it's just a ten-minute drive train. 10 minute drive, sorry, from Epernay. And um, Côte des Blancs is uh, very, it's very well known for Chardonnay. It's like the realm of Chardonnay. And it's uh, the main, one of the main characteristics of the Côte des Blancs is that it has a, a chalky subsoil. Yes. So that's, that is the reason why Cramont, that's the name of the village. And it's also because Cramont is the, the highest village in the Côte des Blancs. All the other villages are more like down the slope and Cramont is located at the top of one, mm. in the middle of the slope or almost at, on top of the slope. So uh, that's why it, may, it means a chalky, chalky mount. You, you don't only have uh, vineyards in Cramont, you have in other villages uh, as well. Yes, we have, um, we, have, we have vines obviously in Cramont, but we have uh, vines in, uh, the, in five out of the six grand privileges uh, of the Côte des Blancs. Yes. So Can you have, name them? Sure. Yeah. I know them by heart. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we have uh, vines in Cramont, I said, in uh, Chouilly, Wari, Auger, and Le Ménil sur Auger. So the only Grand Village where we don't have any vines is Avis. So um, it's, and I think we are really lucky uh, with this vineyard that we got from our grandparents because 10 hectares is quite big for a family business. On average, I think that the family business in Champagne is about two or three hectares. So with 10 hectares, we're quite lucky and we are in one of the best places in Champagne and many different Grand Cru villages. Yes. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I can complain about that. Nice. Definitely not. And uh, this is, of course, a champagne podcast, and we have to drink uh, champagne. Yeah, and, I guess uh, so. Uh, of course, we're drinking Perto Alebrun champagne today. And uh, I think we should start with the, the instant brut. Definitely. So if I pour your glass, yeah. then uh, maybe you can tell the listeners about uh, what we're drinking, mm -hmm. uh, some tasting notes, and yeah, information about the cuvee. Yes. So um, instant brut, basically, I would say that it's our flagship or signature cuvee because it's definitely the one we sell the most. Um, I I haven't explained before, but our production is 100% from the Chardonnay grape from Grand Cru Villages. So all our champagnes are um, blanc de blanc champagnes from Grand Cru uh, vineyards, and this one uh, it's uh, so it's the first cuvee of our range. But uh, it really represents uh, the style of our house because it's uh, quite a major, major champagne already, even if it's only the first uh, cuvee of our range. Uh, in this case, we have um, it's a hundred percent from the harvest 2010. It is. So it it's is. actually a vintage. Uh, it could be a vintage, actually. Yeah. yeah, it could be because, but we don't claim it. Actually, you can claim it as a vintage when you bottle your champagne, or if you don't want to claim it, you don't. Mm. And we don't want to claim it because it can be mind-confusing for the consumer if we say that our first cuvee is a vintage. Yes. So, um, but it's definitely something we like to do with our champagnes is to work on a vintage basis um, because we have the chance in the Côte des Blancs to have a very high-quality harvest most of the time. We prefer to... Um, we, we can... It's not a problem to work uh, with no reserve wines. And we also consider that a champagne, a bottle of champagne, like a bottle of a regular steel wine, is kind of a living product. If it varies a little bit from one year to another, for us, it's not a problem. And as long as it's of good quality and as long as it represents our house style and uh, this style, we can maintain it um, thanks to the vineyard we have because we have 
almost 50 parcels of vines in the Côte des Blancs in many different country mm. villages. So we can play with the blends, even if it's from one year to maintain our style. And speaking about the style, Instant Brut is a good representation of our house style because it has maturity and the typical, the natural fineness and freshness of the Chardonnay from the Côte des Blancs. So it's always something that we look for in our champagnes, the balance between both. We don't, have, we don't want to have something too lively, too, too young, but something mature, um, quite uh, full-bodied. And I think that um, we achieve this with our Cuvée Instant Brut. So as I said, it's uh, 100% from the year 2010. Uh, the dosage is not uh, too high. It's uh, only five grams of sugar per liter. Now, with this cuvee that we are drinking, uh, we have a blend of both of two villages. It's the village of uh, Lemenil, parcels, plots from Lemenil, and parcels from Chuy. And it's definitely something that we do for most of our cuvees. It's like the basis of the blend for all our cuvees because... We really, we really like to um, to blend uh, these two um, these two identities, these two terroir identities, because Le Menil is very known for its straightness, its mineral, its um, its tense, it's quite sharp. On the opposite, we have uh, Le, we have Chouilly, which is much more ample, which is uh, more aromatic, more fruity. So uh, we think that these two terroirs are very nice together. So this is the basis for most of our cuvées, and in this case, with uh, instant brut from the year 2010, only the two vineyards. And you keep this one on the list for almost six years. In this case, it's five years. It's five exactly years. Yeah, it's exactly five years because it's um, it's from the harvest 2010. Yes. And usually we keep our wines in our cellar before the bottling for nine to ten months. So the harvest happened, let's say, in uh, September of 2010, and it was bottled. 10 months later, in June of 2011. And then it, uh, it has aged on the lease or on lath for five years because the disgorgement happened in June of 2016. Mm -hmm. So you see that's quite a long aging, even if it's our first cuvee. So yes, we have, uh, we have uh, a nice aperitif champagne because we have still this freshness on the attack. Uh, it's still a li lively champagne, but at the same time, we have this kind of ripeness, mm. which makes it very interesting if you want to pair it with some food. I think this champagne uh, is um, to the price. It's a hand handcraft. You have it on the lease. It's it's 100% Grand Cru. You have it on the lease for five years. You, you keep it in the cellar after disgorgement for nine months. It should cost a lot more. Well... It's, uh, uh, in Sweden, it's uh, 330 crowns, so something yeah. like uh, 33 euros. Yeah. Uh, um, it's very low. Yeah. Um, well, for now, as we, uh, I would say that we're quite new in the game, uh, even if we, Bertrand Lebrun, it's a more than 60-year-old brand. Um, as I said before, we, had, we, had, we disappeared a little bit um, in the last few years. So uh, we decided to not to start from um, with a very high price, but to to be to be known to start with an affordable price. And we also want our champagne to be accessible for um, for the consumers. So um, yeah, we thought that it was not necessary to start to say, well, we we're, we're one of the big names already, and we want to have our champagnes at a very high price. And that's why we. We prefer to have it affordable for most of the people, and it's the first cover of, of our range. So we're grateful for that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and um, so, what's this? What's the future plan for Pertoir Lebrun? What would you say? Uh, how how is Pertoir Lebrun in ten years? Many projects ongoing actually at Pertoir Lebrun. First, I will start with new cuvées which are in progress. Uh, we are going to taste another one after Instant Brut which is the first uh, cuvée of a new range of champagne, which is called Perle de Terroir, which basically means uh, the gems, the best gems of our terroir. So uh, this consists in uh, single parcel cuvées of our, from our best parcels. 
So that's the first one we're going to taste, but in the future, there are other ones will be, will be, which will be released. So we have new cuvées in progress. We change our vinification methods as well, because before we only worked with stainless steel vats and concrete vats, and uh, we started to work with oak barrels uh, for this um, range Perle de Terroir. Mm-hmm. And we also, we even bought a ceramic vat uh, a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, it's 400 liters. It's kind of an experiment, actually. Are you excited? Yes, we are. Okay. We, we haven't tried anything yet because okay. for, for now it's empty, but we will fill it, in, we will fill it uh, with the next harvest. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're even thinking about making uh, maybe a non-sulfite cuvee out of this okay. conc- uh, ceramic vat. I cannot guarantee yet, but uh, there may be the chance that uh, we're going to do something like that. And how, how are you working uh, to be more kind to the environment? Um, we started uh, in 2012 on a few parcels to apply organic and even biodynamic treatments yes. to our vines because uh, for many different methods, actually, because we, uh, for many different reasons. First, uh, it's just that we want to, wor- to work in a more environment-friendly environment, vineyard. My brother, who, is, who works in the vineyard, he doesn't want to be in the middle of chemicals or things like that. So uh, he, wor- he wants to, be in, uh, to work with um, organic products, to things natural, with things, natural things. Yes. I mean. um, it's also that we consider that uh, champagne is a luxury product and it must be as, as good as possible and as clean as possible. So, um, and we want to improve our overall quality. Even if our champagnes are already very good, we, we can still, we can even make them even better. So uh, in our, from our point of view, working this way, it's a way to make them, to improve the quality. So I would say that it's uh, for these two main reasons, working in a friendly environment for the human, but at the same time, improving the quality. And it's also related to the fact that we want to offer real terroir products, which reflects, which reveals the characteristics of our parcels. I think that's really interesting. That's my favorite champagnes. Yeah, exactly. Because it's so interesting when you know why the champagne tastes a certain way and so on. Exactly. And I think that if you use too much, too many chemical products, Maybe it's going to make uh, your champagne quite standard, quite regular compared to the other ones. So if you want to get out of the crowd it's, uh, and to have a very personal champagne with a true identity, with a true terroir identity, it's important to work this way, with, to work organic, to work with biodynamics, um, to have a champagne which reveals the characteristics and the identity of our parcels. Do you have any other, if you don't drink uh, Patois Le Brun Champagne, do you have any yeah. other favorite houses? Sure. Or growers? Or growers. Or cooperatives? Yeah, I, uh, I really like the champagne from um, Richard Fouquet Champagne Guibora. It's in the same village okay. uh, as Cramont. Well, it is Cramont as well, but um, we don't, for example, he doesn't have vines in Le Menil, but he has vines in other places. And I really like, it's really mineral, very straight, pure, uh, very nice champagne. Uh, I tasted lately a champagne that I really enjoyed, which was Vouet and Sorbet. Yes. It's a very small production. It's in the Côte des Bars. So some people say that it's not the most famous area in Champagne, but uh, I think it's wrong because uh, there are tremendous things, tremendous champagnes in this uh, part of Champagne as well. And uh, I really like because it was very different from the rest of Champagne that I had the, the chance to, to, to taste. And uh, I, really, I also really like the Champagne from uh, Beresh, Raphael Beresh, which is quite a big name in Champagne, even mm. if it's only a grower. Uh, but do you have anyone that you look up to in the industry? I think most of the people, a lot of people know about Celos, know about uh, Agrappa. These are, are very famous growers who help the champagne to to get higher actually yes. in terms of quality and um, and now I think these were the first growers to go this way with new methods in the vineyard something more organic something more like focusing on the parcels instead of the of the whole vineyard to make very typical products 
And um, this was the first one, the first movers. But I think that the new generation now, uh, the ones who have between, I would say, 20 and 35, yes. or maybe until 40 years, these people, these people are really dedicated to to make better champagnes, some with better, cleaner champagnes, uh, with a true identity, and it's also, as I said, it's also a way to to distinguish yourself from the rest of the growers, but more specifically from the from the big champagne house, because because if you just produce produce uh, a standard champagne like uh, like a big champagne house. They could be your direct competitors, but if you try to make like a very specific, like a blanc de noir or a zero dosage or a single parcel cuvée, now you're going to have something different that you will have to offer yes. to, uh, to the consumer. So I think now there are a lot of very interesting growers who are going to pop out in the next few years. Nice. So yeah. in, in the next 10 years, we're going to be able to drink more single parcel champagnes. Yeah, it's a, it's a big trend now. It's a... It, is coming from Burgundy most. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Like it's a burgundy philosophy to, to, to show the characteristics of uh, one parcel instead of a blend of different parcels. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's something that is getting bigger and bigger in Champagne. Should we try the other cuvee that we have? Sure. Next cuvee is, uh, as I explained before, it's the first cuvee of our new range called Perle de Terroir. And this one is Le Fond du Bateau. So it may sound a bit weird. Well, especially, what does it mean? Yeah, what does it mean? Because even for the French, it, uh, it sounds I think, weird. I think uh, Eric, he told me that it was like the bottom of the boat or something. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's a weird name and um, nobody understands why. Why is the name? So I'm going to explain. As I said, it's a single parcel cuvée. So we have a, a beautiful parcel in the terroir, in the vineyard of Chili. Which uh, which is uh, 1.44 hectares. It's this parcel is located in a place called Le Fond du Bateau because the whole vineyard of Champagne, depending on where you are, all the parcels are located in so-called places, what we call lieux-dits. All these lieux-dits have a specific name. So Le Fond du Bateau is where our parcel is located. So and what's uh, the name of the parcel? Our own name for the parcel, yeah. which is La Brousse. La Brousse. La Brousse, it's... Uh, and what does that mean? Uh, it's a bit like... Um, it's a bit like uh, in Africa. Okay. Uh, like um, this kind of giant... Uh, not desert, but... Um, like a bush area. Yes, yeah. yes, it's a yeah. bush. Yeah. yeah, it's a bush. It's a bush. So I couldn't explain why. Well, uh, there are very different names for our parcels that were given by our ancestors. And I couldn't... I shouldn't explain. I, I'm really interested in the origin of this of his name, but uh, it's hard to, mm. to know exactly where they come from. So uh, this is a parcel which is, I said that it's, it's in the vineyard of Chouy, but it's not, I wouldn't describe the champagne as a 100% as a real representative of Chouy because actually it's at the, at the far south of a Chouy vineyard 
And it's more at the crossroad between the vineyard of Cramont, Chouilly, and Wari. So it's at the border of the three villages, of the three vineyards. People, when I spoke about a pure Chouilly champagne, they expect something very ample, something very generous, opulent. Actually, it's not. And people are surprised by the minerality of the champagne, by the straightness. And I think it's also because of its location, which is not the heart of Chouilly Vineyard. I can also say about this specific parcel that it's, uh, we are down the slope, we are a little bit like in a basin, and it was planted by uh, my grandfather before it was just a field. Okay. So my grandfather had the authorization. And how old are the, the vines? Uh, more than 50 years, okay. on average. Yeah. It's so, a good concentration. Yeah, yeah, this definitely brings a good confrontation, good fruit to the grapes. One of the characteristics of this cuvee And um, it's also a pure, what we are tasting now, uh, Le Fond du Bateau, it's the Le Fond du Bateau number nine. Yes. And we said number nine because it's 100% from the harvest, 2009. Maybe we'll claim the year. We cannot write down uh, 2009 because we didn't claim it when we bottled uh, this cuvee. But maybe in the future we'll claim it or we'll keep on dealing with numbers, number nine, and then there will be number 10 and so on. 2009 was a very solar year, very generous and... This brought a lot of flavors to our Chardonnays. So both both things, actually, the, the parcel in itself and the year uh, revealed uh, beautiful Chardonnays with a lot of expression, full of expression, full of aromas, uh, powerful, but at the same time with this minerality, this very nice uh, minerality and straightness. And uh, with the... I also said that we started to work with oak barrels in, uh, with this cuvee in 2009. And we definitely wanted to make um, a gastronomic cuvee yes. with uh, these uh, single parcel champagnes. So uh, uh, how, how much of the, of the blend is... Uh, it's 35, oak? 35% 35. of oak and 65% of stainless steel vats. Okay, and what kind of oak is it? Classic 225 liter barrel okay. um, barrels, yeah. New or old? Old, old yeah, yes. Old, yeah. Because we started, uh, when we started to make oak vinification, uh, we were, it was new for us. So we didn't want to start from, uh, with new barrels. You can do that because otherwise, if you just have in your blend new barrels, and if you want, even if you blend it with vats, it's going to be too oaky, yes. but very fresh oak. And uh, it's not very pleasant. No, so, this is just a sweet kiss from the oak. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's well integrated. And uh, that's why we bought barrels from Burgundy, okay. which had already five harvests. So we bought them from Meursault, so they received very nice Chardonnays, as you can imagine. And um, it wasn't that strong. And um, so we, we started like that. And now we, expand, we have expanded our stock of barrels, but now we buy new barrels and we just have to have a turnover. Yes. It's not a problem to have new barrels. The new barrels will go to the general blend for the classic cuvées. And uh, we use our best um, aged barrels for our single parcel. And how many barrels do you have now? Six, Six. regular barrels. Yes. Uh, so 225 liters. We have three barrels of uh, 500 liters and one big barrel that we call Foudre. Yes. It's 1,500 liters. Okay. Plus uh, the ceramic vat that we bought uh, this year. But do you keep any reserve wines? Uh, at all? Uh, yes, we, we have some. Yep. We have some, uh, but not much, actually. Yeah. And we keep them in, um, in a vat, in a, in a standard vat, in a classic vat, but as well in a 500-liter barrel. Okay. So uh, we like to, to have both. and um, For experimentation in the future? Yeah, for experimentations, and because it offers a wider, wider possibilities, bigger possibilities for our blends. Definitely, we, we want to stick with the classic stainless steel or concrete vats, yes. because we think that it's a good way to maintain the true identity of a, of a parcel, because we won't have any oxidation flavors or any oaky flavors mm. we will have just expression of the parcel and everything uh, that you produce is uh, malolactic fermented uh yes yes everything yeah but could you tell us about the, the flavors and the aromas and uh, what this champagne should uh, what you should eat with it because it's a gastronomic champagne yeah i think with this champagne we have a beautiful um nutty uh, vanilla notes from the wood, but at the same time we have 
white and yellow fruit flavors pear, but quite ripe pear, not something too, too fresh, too young, ripe pear, uh, apple a little bit. And I would even say that we have some tropical notes like a pineapple. Mm. And uh, in my opinion, it's a, it's a champagne which can be paired with many different uh, kind of dishes, actually. So uh, I something more classic, I would go for, um, for, for fish, for example. We tasted it with a tuna fish uh, two days ago in Stockholm. It was just a seared... Which grilled. restaurant did you go to? Mr. French. Oh, you had the, for the winemaker's dinner? Yeah, we had a, wine, uh, a champagne, uh, a winemaker dinner. Yeah. with pairings with all the cuvées of the range. Yeah. And uh, we had the champagne with uh, a seared, grilled tuna fish, and I thought it was excellent mm. uh, with the fond du bateau, especially because the tuna fish was grilled and we had this kind of charcoal flavors, yes. which uh, was very nice with the oaky flavors that we have in this champagne. But um, so that's quite of obvious, blending, uh, uh, pairing uh, Blanc de Blanc champagne with some fish, with some oysters, for example, with some seashells, seafood. It's beautiful, but you can also go for a, a white meat. Yes. Um, something not too strong, even if with this one, because we have these sort of key flavors and the, the six-year aging, you can go for something a bit more spicy, for example, mm. for stronger notes, something a bit more heavy. Mm. And uh, speaking about spicy notes, um, I think we, you can do things very interesting with uh, spicy Asian food like uh, Thai food or Indian food with this kind of uh, champagne. Um, yeah, this is quite surprising, but uh, it's worth a try, yeah. definitely. And um, I would also recommend to drink this champagne with some, with some cheeses, mm. like this kind of age-pressed cheeses like Conte or an old Conte or Parmigiano or... Um, an old Gruyere from Switzerland. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm getting hungry now. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we're getting close to lunchtime. So uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I Unfortunately, I don't know very well the Swedish cheeses, but I'm sure that we can do uh, yeah. fantastic so, pairings. But this champagne to me, um, it's quite uh, like the acidity is quite high. Um, mm. So this one should be good to drink now, but you can keep it in, the, in, your, uh, in your cellar for quite some time. Yes, definitely. Will develop. Uh, it's a champagne that we released, that we disgorged after six years. And you're not the first person to say that it's still young, it's still energetic. It still has a full, a lot of potential for more aging. And uh, we, dis we disgorged it in June of 2016. It was... How many bottles did you, did you produce? We produced 2,000 bottles out of the harvest 2009. Okay. And, and, and you we... have, still have uh, some uh, bottles uh, that you haven't disgorged? Yes, oh, because really? we, yeah, we disgorged 1,000 bottles in uh, half of it okay. in June of 2016. And the second half, uh, the remaining 1,000 bottles, we'll disgorge them next month. Okay. So they will have one more year of aging. Okay. So it's like an RD. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like an RD, an RD, yeah, from, uh, from Boulanger. Boulanger, yeah, that's it. So just one more year, but one more year of aging will definitely bring some more flavors, more... Um, more balance, something more complex again. So um, it would be very interesting to have uh, this new release of Le Fond du Bateau number no. 9. And will we be able to drink it in Sweden? Uh, as my importer, but he started to import uh, Le Fond du Bateau, well, the first disgorgement of Le Fond du Bateau, and uh, I think we'll keep on importing this cuvee as well. So Great. Yeah, let's cross our fingers so we keep on. <laughs> we keep yeah, some. I hope so. And what's your favorite uh, Pertois Le Brun cuvee? Could you say that? At the moment, I really, really like uh, our new millisim, our new vintage 2008, yes. which uh, which is just uh, tremendous, which is fantastic because of the harvest, obviously. 2008 was a beautiful harvest, one of the best during the first decade. We, we, we are used to saying that in the first decade uh, of the years 2000, there were two main millisim, two outstanding millisim, the 2002 and the 2008. And we just released 2008 last year after seven years of aging. And I think it was, it was a bit complicated before because we tasted this millisim uh, in the previous years after four years of aging, after five years. It was good, but in my opinion, it was a bit tight. Yes. It was a bit austere. And now after seven years, it reveals itself. It's, uh, it's well-rounded, it's full-bodied, it's uh, powerful, 
but still fresh and very elegant. And uh, we are not yet on this kind of tertiary aromas, this kind of um, heavy aromas of underwood or mushrooms, something like that. It's still quite young. So uh, it's beautiful now, but it's a champagne that can, that can still age for, for more years, actually. Yes. And that's why we produced uh, something like 2,000, produced 2,467 bottles. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know the exact <laughs> figure. <laughs> Of this millezim and uh, with this gorge, just as the Fondi Bateau, which is gorge 1000 in June 2016, uh, 1000 in January of 2007, but we kept the remaining 467 bottles apart okay. for an extra aging on the lease. Nice. And we are thinking about uh, making a re edition mm. of uh, this champagne in um, maybe in a two year time, three year time. We'll see, we will taste it. Nice. to see how it evolves, but I think it will be very and interesting the, too. the 2008 is not in Sweden yet, is it? Uh, it will be launched next yeah. month. Next month, yeah. nice. Through System Bolaget. I had the 2007 yesterday. Yes. And I would say it's really, really good. And uh, it's almost like it's on the peak right yeah. now. Yes. It's, uh, it's so developed, it's so nice, it's uh, smooth. Uh, yeah, if the listeners have the chance, try to buy it before it gets sold out because it's going to get sold. I think Eric said that it was like two or three cases left, yes. like 10 bottles left. Exactly. Like and the last cases are in Sweden Yes, because we, we stopped uh, selling it in, uh, in Champagne uh, last year. It was in spring of 2016. So we produced a very limited quantity of this millezim because it was not one of the greatest millezim to tell the truth in Champagne. But I think, as you said, that we managed to have a, a very nice museum, even if it was not of one of the best years. As you said, it's at its peak now. Uh, it's not a champagne that I wouldn't recommend to keep it for many years to see how it evolves. And even if it was still in our cellar aging and laugh, um, I think it was good to release it after seven years. So we had only 951 bottles produced. And uh, so they were sold out quite rapidly. Yes. And the last case is in Sweden. So... Uh, if you are interested in uh, the last bottles, yeah, be to sure to put your hand on it. Yeah, maybe when, when we, we release really this cool. episode, it's going to be sold out. Maybe, yeah, maybe. it can happen. Yeah. So um, I always uh, end my interviews with the five fast questions. Uh, are you ready for five fast questions? Yes, I am. Okay. Cava or Prosecco? Prosecco. Sex or Champagne? Champagne. So you mean... Sect or sex? Sex. sex. <laughs> okay. Uh, both. Both. <laughs> Swedish weather or Swedish women? Uh, Swedish women. Uh, steel or oak? Vat. Selos or kuk? Selos. Do you have something that you would like to add about, uh, about Petro Alebrun? Well, I... Why should the Swedish uh, consumers... Enjoy Perto Alebrun. Uh, I think that uh, it's definitely uh, a little uh, champagne house which has to be followed because my brother and I, uh, we, I think we have the same vision for the future of Perto Alebrun. We explain uh, our projects, our current projects, but I think there are a lot of things going on and uh, our champagnes will improve in the future because we are changing, as I said, we are changing a lot of uh, methods in the vineyard. We are changing the vinification processes as well in the winery. So uh, things will change. Even if even our standard instant boot will change a little bit in the future, because now we work with parcels. Before we were blending the parcels at the harvest when we were pressing them, but now we are trying to isolate the parcels to to reveal the different the differences of each parcel. So uh, they will evolve. There will be some oak, a little bit of oak in all our champagnes in the future, but just a few hints because we don't want to hide the the terroir expression. So uh, I would say that uh, you should stay tuned because there's more to come in the future and um, it will be exciting. It's exciting for us. And I think that if it's exciting for us, it will be exciting for the consumers as well. If anyone wants to, uh, to visit Petro Lebrun, uh, is it open for public or? Uh, it's open, but the best, um, I would recommend people to send us an email before. Not, not and the email addresses? Uh, contact at champagne-pertoislebrun.com. Okay. Definitely, if you want to visit us, you will be welcome. And uh, just send us an email before so we can welcome you in the best. So thank you very much for the interview. Thank and you, uh, good luck 
tonight at uh, the Champagne Bar by Rika Julin. And okay. uh, I will work there tomorrow, so I'll see you there uh, I tomorrow. I see you again. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. intervjun klar. Väldigt, väldigt härligt att få prata med Antoine och, och även få prova hans champagner. Jag har ju fått äran att prova champagnerna vid, vid flera tillfällen och har även köpt hem en hel del så att jag brukar jag passar på att dricka dem när jag har provningar eller när jag har lite vänner hemma och jag vill visa någon hur en, en perfekt trevlig blonde blanc, en 100% chardonnay är så brukar jag ta fram Pertot eller Brun champagnerna som jag tycker är väldigt bra prisvärda. Och de som vi då provade i podden är då Instant Brut som kostar 329 kronor och har nummer 7664 på bolaget. Vi provar även Le Fond de Bateau som då betyder Botten på båten. Eh, lite oklart varför men kostar 449 kronor och har nummer 76667. Eh, många, många sexer där. Vad har hänt sen senast då? Jag har bokat upp en hel del provningar som jag kommer att gå ut med och provningar som egentligen kommer starta under hösten. Så från september och bland annat då så kommer jag köra en ren 96-provning. Kommer köra en provning med Chakison med gamla årgångar från 85 och framåt egentligen. Vi kommer köra ren Polochet-provning, vi kommer köra Alfred Gratien-provning, vi kommer köra Charles Heidsäck-provning också. Så det är, det är mycket att se fram emot och det kommer vara säkert mycket mer. Jag har faktiskt en provning imorgon, en Celos-provning som jag verkligen ser fram emot. Där vi provar Initial, vi provar Extra Brut som numera heter då VO. Vi provar Substans, vi provar även Rosé. Och där har vi lite grann äldre degogeringar så att det ska bli... Det blir verkligen kul, kul att prova och kul att dricka. Jag kan säga att jag kommer inte spotta där inte. Där får spottkoppen lämnas hemma. Jag har även haft en provning. Stora rosébätten är avgjord. Där vi då provade 12 stycken olika roséchampanjer. Och alla deltagarna fick sätta betyg. Vi hade 48 personer som, som satte betyg på... På champagnerna. Jag kan väl dra resultatet egentligen. Vinnare var ganska storslaget. Chakison eh, 08. Eh, grymt bra rosé. Kostar lite mer pengar men det är det värt. Polocher 2. Eh, alltså Polocher årgång 08. 3 hade vi Prejouet. 4. Legre Haas. 5. Prestige de Sacres. 6. Veuclico. 7. Mum. 8. Lemenil. 9. Palmer. 10. Moët. 11 hatt söner och 12 tatanger. En jätterolig provning och det kommer säkert bli en någon liknande uppföljande provning eh, under hösten. Jag tror att det var Bengt Göran Kronstam som sa att, att champagne är en riktig förhållande dryck. Eh, och eh, det kan väl stämma egentligen att man öppnar sällan en flaska champagne själv. Och jag eh, har ju lyckats bli av med mitt förhållande så att eh, vi får se... Hur mycket champagne som jag kan få i mig i framtiden. Men kanske är det så att jag får lite mer och glada vänner som får möjligheten att, att komma hit och smaka flaskorna. Vad har jag druckit för roligt på sista tiden då? Jag tror att jag är uppe i 350 unika champagner i år. Jag har börjat experimentera lite grann med att dricka champagne till kött. Och då menar jag riktiga köttbitar, alltså entrecot, oxfilé, ryggbiff. Och där, där upplever jag att champagne och kött passar utmärkt tillsammans. Undvik bara rövinsås, undvik starka kryddor och jag brukar ofta... Bara gnida in det kanske lite lätt med en rosmarin och kanske gnida lite mot en grillad vitlök och sen även ha lite färskriven tryffel och bara lite smör på köttet så, så blir det bra. De champagner jag provat på sista tiden mot eh, kött är eh, en krygrosé från 90-talet som var helt eh, otrolig. 
provade även en Krig Grand QV eh, 90-talare där också eh, som var utmärkt och det är de, båda de två är en av de tio bästa champagnerna jag har druckit i år. Provade Filipponat 96, tyckte jag kanske upplevdes lite ung och eh, ja, var inte perfekt kombination till kött. Men provade även två stycken 97 som jag upplevt är väldigt, väldigt härliga att Alltså årgång 97 känns som en bra årgång att dricka nu och jag provade Laurent Perrier och även Anrio och framförallt Anrio då var ju riktigt riktigt eh, trevligt till, till köttbiten. Jag ska inte prata för länge men eh, jag kan rekommendera lite, lite champagne på bolaget. Dels eh, så har vi ju Pertoale Brunn som nu släpper deras 08 på bolaget och den kostar 427 kronor och har nummer 9671. Den är riktigt, riktigt bra att dricka nu men den kommer bli eh, grymt bra med tiden så att den är extremt prisvärd. Eh, sen även vill jag rekommendera de, de två roséerna som kom första och andra plats. Framförallt Chakeson 08 som kostar 819 kronor på bolaget, 77 805. Och där har ni inte provat eh, Chakeson rosé så måste ni göra det för det är lite grann som att att ta oskulden, att det, det, man måste verkligen man måste prova en Chakeson rosé för att få liksom upp ögonen för den stilen av rosé. Sen har vi en Polo C08, 549 kronor på bolaget och nummer 7536. Där har vi en lite mer elegant, komplex rosé som, som man även kan dricka före maten men också passar till mat. Ja, det var väl egentligen allting för idag skulle jag säga. Jag skulle vilja rikta ett stort tack till Ridel och Jane Sandström som har varit med och hjälpt till vid, vid provningarna och stöttat upp med, med glas. Så stort tack Jane, uppskattar verkligen. Och även till Håkan som, som klipper podden. Jag kommer släppa en artikel om vad ni ska dricka för champagne till midsommar. Så håll utkik så vet ni lite grann vad ni ska... Vad ni ska dricka på midsommarafton. Annars är det väl inte mycket mer än att jag säger som vanligt. Att vi dricker champagne alla dagar som slutar på G. Selling a little? Or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.